being at home with the kids. Are they seeing more of Dad? They are, yes, and it's fantastic because, you know, I've got a very full day. I'm doing lots of uh, writing and... Yeah, I wasn't implying that you were but, 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 yeah, well, I want you to be clear about that, unless I specifically tell you otherwise I'm doing stuff in, you know, for my for Uxbridge and, and uh, doing a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of political work. But, yeah, it means I can do reading, I can do to them. Building things is great. Building what? I was building a, 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 a garage for the quad bike. I mean, oh. not, not a big quad, it was a miniature quad bike. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I they're, they're Fantastic. Too, too small Boris may now have more time for his family, but he's still focusing his political energy to supporting Ukraine. He's helped with sending in-laws and tanks, but says the UK still needs to provide more firepower. You're welcome. Oh, very, very Let's talk about Ukraine, because I know that's really important to you. After three tumultuous years in power, you described yourself as a foot soldier and a spear carrier to Zelensky. Is that how you see yourself? Yeah, I think the, the job that I can most usefully do for the Ukrainians is to get over to people the kind of suffering that they're still experiencing and to emphasise how vital it is that we accelerate the military support that we are giving. I mean, I went to Ukraine a few days ago and I saw the continuing barbarism of what Putin is doing. Just, I, I went out like, like so many others have done, but it was incredible to see it for myself. I, I saw blocks of flats that had been obliterated by 500 kilo bombs of no conceivable military value to Putin. He does it purely as an act of, of terrorism. This is still going on, uh, you know, across the, the front line. He's continuing to, to wipe out uh, towns. He's absolutely merciless. He has no respect for the laws of war, uh, human life. So we have to give them the kit they need to fight them off and to, uh, to send Putin back whence he came. And that means... A, a lot of weaponry and that so there so I was making the case last week for, for the tanks and I'm delighted to say that the British government once again is is sending the, the is in the lead in sending uh, tanks to, to Ukraine they're gonna need about 300 tanks so we need a big international effort so obviously the US and Germany and other countries were listening to you because they as a result of a powerful art I don't say result of a powerful article you wrote but you wrote about that it followed it followed a powerful I, I don't know whether it was post hoc ergo propter hoc it was as, as we say it was it happened they, they, it happened to, to my article came then then you know the 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 Germans have said that they're lifting the uh, the ban on export of of the leopard tanks the Americans are giving tanks but you know I'm not saying anything to do with my article the, the key thing is that other countries have got to do the same and you know I'll tell you this Nadine I think it wouldn't be a bad thing if we gave some more tanks ourselves. Well, I was going to ask and you that what else do we need to do what else can the West do well, I mean they've got the tanks you wrote that very powerful article which I'll talk about in a moment they've got the tanks now what else do the West need to do? So what they need what the Ukrainians need is they, they, they need longer-range artillery to hit Putin's command and control, uh, his ammo dumps. I mean, they can see what Putin is doing on their territory, right? It's on Ukrainian territory, but they can't hit it. So they just need longer-range artillery of the kind that, uh, that we have and we're looking at what we can do, certainly what the Americans 
uh, can help them with. They also need armoured vehicles. They need planes. Uh, they need high-speed planes in order to take out some of these uh, Russian uh, targets in, in, in Ukraine. And they need tanks. So they've got a pretty long shopping list, but they can do it. And they have proved they can do it. And I think that's what's been so stunning about the Ukrainians. They have shown such fantastic bravery. Give them the kit and they will do it. The faster Ukraine wins, the better for the world economy, the more lives we save, the more Russian lives are saved. I mean, this is a disaster for Russia as well. So let's get it done. OK, so can I take, can I speak the unspeakable, take yeah. you to a place which is unthinkable? What if Ukraine don't win? What if Putin does succeed? What will be those, what will be the reaction of the Western world to that? What will be those conversations that will take place between Western leaders? I think it is unthinkable and I don't think it's going to happen. I think that this is a war of independence now and wars of independence only end one way. The Ukrainians are fighting for their country. They're fighting for their land, their hearths and homes, their families. And that gives them the most fantastic moral energy, which the, the Russian soldiers don't have. The Russian soldiers, it's a, it's a conscript army. Uh, they're, they're poor uh, people from ethnic minorities in some remote parts of, of Russia who are being dragooned out there to fight, fed into the, the mincer of Putin's uh, war machine. It's a disaster for, for them. And it's, it's clear to me that this will only end one way. It just needs to end as fast as, uh, as possible. Now, people say, look, we mustn't escalate. We, must, we mustn't do things that will provoke Putin, right? If, you, if, you give him, if, you, if we send tanks to Ukraine, if we send more NATO-compatible weaponry to, to Ukraine, we'll provoke the Russians. I would just say to those people, really? I mean, how more, what more could Putin do? He's already... Pulverizing, sure pulverizing civilians in uh, completely innocent centers of population. But how sure are you that he won't press that nuclear button? And so that is what people say. It's certainly what Putin likes to, to talk about. But I just think it is absolutely vanishingly unlikely that any such thing will happen. And all sorts of, uh, all sorts of reasons. Uh, first of all, he would immediately lose any support from China, uh, from all the, the middle ground countries who've frankly been cutting him too much slack. So uh, people in, in India, uh, in sub-Saharan Africa, you know, there's been a lot of people who've been giving Putin the benefit of that. You use a nuclear weapon, that's over. So he loses all that support. Secondly, he puts Russia, his population, into a state of complete cryogenic economic uh, deep freeze. You know, they are, they are, what the sanctions that we currently have on would be nothing compared to what the Russians would suffer. The third thing is, I think he'd terrify. But if he he's did, if mad. He did, if he's he did, mad. Well, he's, he wants, he's a politician. Does he think he in did, that logical way? You're thinking logically, I that, think the, he, the economic I think he, impact and the sanctions. I think he Is does. he thinking in that he, way? Look, he wants, to, he, wants to, he wants to succeed, right? And if he does that, he will so terrify his own population uh, who will think that they are, who knows what reprisals they could face, and to say nothing of the economic reprisals, he will lose his own population as well. And the other thing is, 
which people, you know, when you look at what a, what a nuclear, tactical battlefield nuclear weapon could involve, he wouldn't stop the Ukrainians. And they would fight on, right? So, you know, in practical terms, it wouldn't make that much difference on the battlefield. He would simply forfeit uh, any hope of uh, keeping any opinion on his side anywhere in the world. It would be a disaster for him. So he's not going to do that. But fundamentally, here's what I would say. It's not our job to worry about what happens to Putin. We've got to stop focusing on Putin and focus on the Ukrainians. They are heroic people. They've been fighting like absolute... Uh, all the, the heart and courage of a lion. They've been fighting like lions. And, and they, are, they are going to win. We should focus on supporting them. And that, that is how to do this. So can I just ask you one last question on Ukraine? And that's about your relationship with Zelensky, which is obviously of mutual respect. And you guys have a bond. And what would you say was at the root of that bond? You know, I, I, I read that you were talking about, you know, you'd, you'd seen the graves, you'd, you'd had all about the, the rapes, the mass murders, and many of those murders have been of children. Is it being fathers? Is it, is it your no, basic...? I think, it's, I think it's very simple. I think it's... Look, I was lucky to, to meet Volodymyr Zelensky very early on in his time. Uh, he came to London, we, we, had, we got on very well. But it's, the fundamental thing is that the UK just saw it very clearly and very early. And we saw that it was absolutely black and white. It was good well, and Well, you evil. saw. It I know was, people are right advising and, you against getting involved so early. So you saw well, that you needed to get involved quite early on. I, th I think, yeah, look, I mean, there was a discussion about whether or not to give the the end laws the the shoulder launched and you missiles. were absolutely determined yeah and so would. was Ben Wallace yeah Ben Wallace uh, too. Ben was absolutely you were you were in the discussions in cabinet you will remember them Nads you will remember but them. not everybody was and the no, advice well, wasn't cabinet was cabinet was solid way. I think I, yeah look there are always going to be cautious voices and there were a lot of people who were worried about this escalation point this you know if you send the, the so before we did it in in. Uh, 2021, when we were discussing it, people were saying, well, if you do this, it will provoke Putin. He was going to do it anyway. Yeah. It was totally right. When those end laws... And they're saying the same thing now. That was the advice then. If you provide the end laws, you're going to provoke Putin. The advice is the same now. That, and that's why it's so important to get over uh, that, that if, if you want peace, which I do, then you've got to help the Ukrainians win as fast as possible. Welcome back to Friday Night with Nadine. You're watching my first ever show and exclusive interview with Boris Johnson. He opened up about Partygate, Rishi Sunak and opposition leader, so Keir Starmer, or as Boris calls him, Crasheruni Snoozefest. I know you, and I know you are the very last person ever who would willingly, without being dragged there, go to a party. Boris, I know you're not gonna like me saying this, but you're not actually big on the small talk and parties. And you're the last person who would be oh. at one. Do you think it was wrong? Uh, sorry, but, but you're not. You're just not a party animal. Right. Do you? I'll take you from you, Nadine. You... Okay, all right. <laughs> so, do you think it was wrong of you to focus all your attention on making sure we made the vaccine, we delivered the vaccine, we were the, one of the first countries to lift restrictions, or do you think you should be prowling the corridors of 10 Downing Street in that warren of officers checking up on 250 employees and asking them what they were doing on the Friday nights with urine no, checkers? Look, I, what I, there's a, there's a, as you know, there's a, a, a parliamentary committee looking into some as aspects of this. And I'd better be 
you know, of course, respectful of, of them. Uh, but I just repeat what I've what I've said before, and I hope is obvious to everybody that you know anybody who thinks I was knowingly going to to parties uh, that were breaking lockdown rules in in number ten, or and then knowingly covering up uh, parties that were illicit, that were other people going to you know, that, that's that's all strictly for the birds. If, people, if anybody thinks that they're they're out of their mind. I've got to wait for this thing to to conclude. And um, what I would say is that we all thought what, what we were doing, or certainly I thought what we were doing was within the rules. And what we certainly thought was we were working blindingly hard on um, some massive priorities for, for the country. So what we were doing was getting that vaccine rollout organised. We were thinking desperately about how to... You know, went through lots of phases, had to ramp up testing and and all the rest of it. I mean, it seems, thank goodness that era is is yes, yeah. is behind us. But one thing I would, you know, one thing people forget, um, well, let's pray it's behind us, but one thing people forget when I'm thinking about the, the vaccine rollout is, you know, we've got the, I think it's the third anniversary of, of Brexit, coming up, or the, th the third anniversary of the day when we actually came out of the, the EU. And you, you don't hear it much these days, but it is absolutely the case that um, had it not been for our ability to do our own regulation, had it not been for the fact that uh, we come out of the, the European Medicines Agency and the MHRA, uh, the, the Medical Health Regulation Agency, was now totally free to decide how fast to, to approve a, a vaccine. We wouldn't have been able to do that vaccine rollout so fast. And, you know, I, I, it is literally true that Brexit helped save lives. And, you know, people's eyes you know, bulge a bit when you say that. But it, it happens to be true. And it's something it's, we it's, didn't and, hear a lot of the time. And, and, it's, and, it, yeah. and it, so it's... Um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of all the work that those, those, those people did. So you and Rishi are both fined. He lived in a flat above number 10, you lived above number 11. And he's been fined again now. Is Rishi some kind of out-of-control maverick, do you think? Nads, look, <laughs> uh, uh, let me be very clear. Uh, the, let me, as, as politicians say, when the, the fact is that the Conservative Party can certainly win the next election. And Can we? Uh, yes, Labour are 29 no, no, points no, no, ahead in no, the polls. No, no. Can Come we on. win the next Come election? On. We've got about... Let me get this right. We've got well, a we're, year... We're in a almost, worse we've got almost two years than 97 to, we've two, we've got almost two years to, to go before there has to be an election. I mean, I think you, you, you don't have to have an election until January 25. So that's, 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 that's almost two years. And But we're not going to. Um, we're not going to go to January well, 25, are we? I, this, you talk about 97. I, I remember 97. I fought the... Did you fight the 97? You didn't. You were far too young to I was fought. running a campaign. I yeah, but I... Yeah, OK, well, you are far too young to have fought I'm older than you. I fought the 97 election. I was there, uh, and I remember what it was like. And it was, it was really, really tough. And you had... Um, uh, you know, I, I just feel... that You could feel this, this movement of voters actively who wanted Tony Blair. Uh, and that is just not happening now. I don't feel it. I don't... I, 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 old... The Sakrasharuni snooze-fest, the human bollard, you know, Keir Starmer, that is, he thinks 
that he's going to get people to, to vote Labour just by standing there and, and doing that. It's not going to happen. We, or, the economy will start to improve, inflation will come down, people will reward the Conservative Party, they'll reward the government for being sensible, for cutting their taxes and, and for getting things done that they need done, fixing the things that Rishi has said that he's, that he's going to fix. And never forget, when it comes to it, when it comes to it, it's going to be a very clear choice. Do you want the, the Conservatives, who are going to manage the economy, not put taxes up any further, in fact, cut taxes? I mean, we've, of course, the taxation situation has been very, very difficult because of COVID, the huge expense that we had to go to, 480 billion we had to spend on looking after people during COVID. It was massively expensive. It had a big fiscal impact. But Labour, everything they say makes it perfectly obvious that the taxes would be even higher. They're, they're not in a position to control the unions because they're actually funded by the unions. I think that you'd have a very interesting situation. They, they would be um, gravitationally sucked back into the orbit of the EU. And I think that'd be very wrong for the country. It would lose us a lot of opportunities that we currently, uh, that we currently have. Now, the final point, this is a very tense time internationally and people want the UK to be strong. And, you know, we've talked a bit about what the UK has done on Ukraine. And I do think that the UK has been absolutely indispensable in helping to fortify the West and to give the Ukrainians the, the support they need. Will that happen? Would, would you have a, a, a robust, strong UK uh, under a Labour party when you have eight of the shadow front bench, including the shadow foreign secretary, David Lamb, you've actually you talk about Putin waving the nuclear uh, weapon. Eight of them have voted to get rid of our independent nuclear weapon. And, and would you have a, a, a government that really st stood up for our armed forces, Nadine, when Lisa Nandy, who I'm sure has some role on the Labour front bench, I can't remember exactly what it is now, uh, but she has said she wants to get rid of our armed services in favour of a of a gender-neutral security agency or something. So, look, all I'm saying... Shadow levelling up, Secretary. Thank you, sorry. How it's do okay. you know that? You can't be just know some things. <laughs> Boris also lifted the lid on why Keir Starmer, who he called Mr Snoozefest, has absolutely no chance of winning an election. Let's take a listen. The Conservative Party can certainly win the next election. And can we? Uh, yes. Labour are 29 no, no, points no, no, ahead no, in the polls. No, no, can Come we on. win the next Come election? On. We've got about, let me get this right, we've got. Well, a we're, year, we're in a almost, worse we've almost position two years than 97. To, we've, got almost today. Two, we've got almost two years to, to go. Sir Crasheruni, Snooze Fest, the human bollard, you know, Keir Starmer, that is, he thinks that he's going to get people to, to vote Labour just by standing there and, and doing that. It's not going to happen. We, or, the economy will start to improve, inflation will come down, people will reward the Conservative Party, they'll reward the government for being sensible. But what does Boris do to unwind? It might not be what you think, but let's have a listen. I Something I know about you that other people oh, don't know is that you're a big fan of Peter Sellers. So what is your favourite Peter Sellers film or scene or... What is it about Peter Sellers? Peter, well, OK, well, these are very unfashionable. It is unfashionable. totally unfashionable. I find, I find the, the Pink Panther films almost sort of, um, you know, I, 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 I laugh so much that I, I almost black out. And, you know, <laughs> Me too. Um, so, you know, but I, I, I watch it. My, 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 some of my older children, 
No, they love it too. They love it too. But, but who was I watching it with? My children. My children love it. Some, some people are just absolutely kind of stony-faced about this. And, and anyway. Can you do a Clouseau impersonation? I think it'd be very wrong. I'm not gonna, but uh, what I do... What I, Go what, on. What, no, 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 no. This is not, this is not, the, not the time, Kato. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I like is... Um, I, I do like the, the, the thing when, when Clouseau, Clouseau gets his manservant, Cato to test his reflexes by... I often, I often, I often think about how to organise that and... Uh, and I sometimes say I think I should get my executive assistant Anne Sindel uh, you know, to, <laughs> to get a bit of armour on you and push me. Kato, release me, you fool! Inspector Clouseau's residence. Give me that telephone, you idiot! Those are great films. Boris, how'd you chill out? I paint and I draw very, very badly. I'm trying to. I'm I've tr seen your paint. No, no, no. You do draw very well. I love. I love paint. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I've got. I'm trying. At the moment, I'm tr I've got a project which is to, to master, the, the form of the cow. So the cow. <laughs> cows are actually far more difficult to to draw than you uh, than, than than you think. How many how many toes on the front does a cow have? Four. No, it's, it's two. It's two. Two. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and they've got a little thing on the heel. Uh, and and, and uh, um, what, do you call, what do you call that bit of the car? I have no idea. It's called, I think it's called the, it's the withers. Uh, what, do you call, what do you call the, 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 bit, the back of the knee of the car? The back of the knee? No, the hock. The hock. You got anyway. They repay a lot of study and. So I've got a, I'm filling a book now with cow drawings. Pictures of a cow. Pictures of parts of a cow. And, and, and a lot of whole cows and some... <laughs> you're spending, one, you're spending my, too my, much my, time my, in the my country. Object, my objective is to master the cow. OK. And I'm getting there. Good. I'm glad to hear that. The next stop, the horse, after that. That'd be more difficult. No, 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 the horse is not there. So if you're stuck in the lift, who would you rather be stuck in the lift with? Keir Starmer or Nicola Sturgeon? Oh, brother. Um, uh, I th you know, um, well, actually, it, you know, it's like all these things, and I'm sure the viewers would, would understand this. Both individuals are actually far nicer and more amusing than you, than you might otherwise imagine. And, you know, the, the kind of hostility that you see between politicians... Um, on screen is, is, is often not reflected in, in real life. Um, I think, provided it was a really... Sh you know, provided it wasn't, like, 50 floors, I, I wouldn't mind either. <laughs> so what's your death row meal? My death row meal? Meal, yeah. Uh, you've got to be careful, you've got to get this right. It's always got to be the same answer. Tony Blair always used to give different answers. I think it's bangers and mash, isn't it? Oh, that's it's, a good one. I think it's bangers and mash and red With wine. With gravy? Yes, why not gravy, yes. Can you cook? I can cook bangers and mash and gravy, definitely. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that have I passed? Okay. I think you've passed. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on your your show, My first Nadine. Show. On your first show, and, and good luck with it. I nearly wet myself then. It's, it's terrifying. <laughs>